Hello and welcome to the For Real Podcast, the show that discusses music, film, and most importantly, fairies. I'm your host, Matthew, also known as Hype Stan. And today, uh, very late on a um, you know, on a UK uh, night, we've got Atis slash Queer Fox, also known as Tyler. Hello, welcome to the show. How are you? Hello, I'm good. It's the sleepy, it's the sleepy. It's, it's, it's the sleepies. I mean, I don't record many episodes late at night. Uh, I think the most latest I've done is like midnight. This is like ten to eleven. Yeah. I just to be fair, it was my fault because I always listen to the album and I just finished <laughs> finished listening to the album and now I'm sat down ready. To, and I think it's a, having an existential crisis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we will we will get onto that. We will, we will just like get onto that. I think it's um, I don't know. I think it's a good setting. I would rather do with the picks for today or tonight even mm. or this episode. They're very. <laughs> I don't know. I think like a nighttime recording it f- settles it a bit more, a bit more calm. Yeah. Make it a bit deep, but you know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, we're recording this on Pancake Day, and I was making pancakes with my flatmate, uh, Shout out Isla. And uh, I was like, we <laughs> fucked it up so many times because we were making them too thick and stuff. And oh, we just had like a massive lump of pancake. But you, did you do any pancake stuff today? Or no, we just... didn't because um, literally the last time um, me and my boyfriend tried to make pancakes, it was like in the first lockdown and it did not work. And oh, we no. haven't made pancakes since. <laughs> so that's like over a year now. And we're just like, we don't know how to make them. We're just not going to bother. Because we had like, we had like uh, waffles yeah. on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. So... There's too much sugar, so I'm like, okay, I need to just not do any pancakes, not yeah. this year. I I I mean, I think it's I I've got my allergy to eggs, so like I have to watch how many pancakes I eat. Oh but... my god, that's like that's like lactose intolerant people where they're like, I'm lactose intolerant, but I will drink as much milk as I possibly yeah, yeah, can. Yeah, it literally has <laughs> turned into that though, because it it kind of things that like my allergies deteriorated over time. In oh. like that, like like how much it affects me. Like it used to be really bad when I was little, but now I'm just like, yeah, I might have an upset stomach, but like who cares? Like pancake yummy, <laughs> <laughs> pancake yummy. Very yummy. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wish I wish I had pancakes today, but you know, a boy a boy can dream. <laughs> I'm having cake. I'm having cake at the weekend though, because it's awesome. my birthday next week. Oh so. yeah, shit yeah. Because um, we were talking about how this episode. I don't think it is anymore because of the schedules changed. But yeah. we were talking about how this episode would come out on your birthday week or something potentially. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I think I'm. I've t- I'm taking a break this week from doing stuff. I'm yeah. doing it all the time. And I mean, I have people message me and be like, you know, you can't take a break because I'm not caught up with it when you're releasing them every week. So I mean. I don't think it's going to be bothering anybody that much so I'm like taking a week break. It's when I get a DM and someone's like, I can't believe you're taking a week break from the podcast. And I'm like, all right, I'm sorry. You know, wait, you're not, you're not being paid to do it. Do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Just chill. Honestly, it's a pandemic. Exactly. exactly. Got to chill, got to chill. I find yeah. it super weird that we, we've been friends. Well, like mutuals on Twitter, and then we, mm. I added you on Snapchat, and we've like talked for like now, now like texting shit. And it's like, and this is our first time having like a conversation, like an active conversation, like over the phone in Discord. That's so weird because you just haven't like had the time for. How did we even become mutuals again? I can't remember. I don't. I was literally just thinking about this. I was like, because I only um I only made my very Twitter like uh in the middle of the summer last year mm-hmm. because 
I was a fairy in my childhood. Yeah. I was like, I was a deviant art fairy. That yeah. was oh. where I was at. I was, I was on fucking Feral Heart. Did you ever play Feral Heart? No, I did not play Feral Heart, but that sounds oh very God. like Y2K fairy. It is. It's literally like I was twelve. It was a role playing game. You could be a wolf or a lion. It was amazing. Awesome. I I made some friends through there, and yeah. I in fact like got to meet them like years later in mm-hmm. person, which was crazy. But um, that's mad. no, I I know. Uh, I made. I think I was just like just following random people because I follow like two or three fairy artists on mm-hmm. my main Twitter very secretly. Yeah, because I was I wasn't sure. See, yeah, about... that, that's what I'm like as well. I think I followed like SCP Kid, and <gasps> yeah. S- <laughs> SCP Kid, and like Dappermouth. If you can count Dappermouth as a fairy artist, but Dappermouth just yeah. does more animals that look like really fucking cool. So yeah, it was no, just like, yeah. and I feel like you could retweet or like interact with that kind of art in nobody mm. with bat an eye <laughs> you can like be subtly a fairy yeah definitely but only for so long <laughs> yeah but no i think i was just literally like following the fairies that i'd followed on my main and yeah. then i just i just went into other people's followers and i was like oh they seem cool i'll go <laughs> follow and then i think it was like the um like show your most played artists on spotify oh and yeah then we had yeah it's because we had similar music taste that was we it like, hello that was something mad that happened to you that's probably my most like blown up fucking tweet was Is that it? oh my was god was that like i i was like post a picky or sona i remember i was at work i like did it the morning i was like post a picky or sona and then post like your top like 10 artists on this website and it yeah. got a few quote retweets from like mutuals mm. and then like people like kime time fucking quote QRT'd it in Soul Dog, and I was like, "Holy fucking shit!" Like, and I was at I was at work when it was popping off, and I was getting I like looked at it, and I was like, "It's got like four hundred quote retweets." And then the thing is, it's like a thread thing, so that's four hundred threads plus hmm. extra ones on top of that. And I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like, it was so cool. You popped off. I popped off, and I mean <laughs> the, the teaser, the teaser for the podcast popped off as well, which I really appreciate. That yeah, that got quite oh a lot God. of retweets and a lot of you know it's traction. So good. So. I I showed my flatmates that I was like, look, look, that's my friend. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, let's get into the nitty gritty. So obviously you do digital art, and that's your primary thing. But actually, you also do films, don't you? Because you, you're like me, because we're both like film students. We're both UK yes. film students. It's a bit shit yeah. at the moment, isn't it? But oh my god, don't even <laughs> don't even get me started, mate. We only started our main project module. On Monday, mm-hmm. we were, it was like delayed for like two weeks because no they're like way. we're figuring out we're figuring out how to make it accessible and like they still want it they they're like we're hoping that you can be on campus in March and I'm like no <laughs> no thank you I don't think that's gonna happen because you you but started yeah. yeah you started way after me because I remember I did yeah I remember I, I was like because uh, it was like last week. Or maybe a few weeks ago, you were like, I was like, oh yeah, I've got some work to hand in there, and you were like, oh, I'm starting my degree. Then and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I'm we starting literally my turn, started man. two weeks. Yeah, two weeks ago we started um our semester, and then that was only two modules that we were doing. So, but now now it's to now it's three That's three smart. modules. But yeah, it's definitely like super different. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so weird. It, it sucks. I mean, I don't want to get too in-depth with it because it's like, you no. know. <laughs> I'm guessing you, yeah, you talked about COVID a lot probably yeah, on this. Yeah, and like, it, I mean, it's probably a little bit boring for viewers, but basically, yeah. like, obviously I, like, 
wanted to do film because I'm like a very practical person. I don't like I I I enjoy writing about films, but I make enjoy making them way more, and I want to be marked based on that. And now I'm just sat there yeah. with like making essays and writing essays instead of like being marked <laughs> on the things I'm actually good at, and it's just really frustrating. But there's not really much we can do about it right now. So. We must be the opposite because I love theory. I actually really love writing <laughs> essays. Really? I love analyzing film. And I'm not practical at all with a camera, or I can just about like use a camera and the audio equipment, but um, it's like I really love writing, but it's just not the right circumstances mm-hmm. for it. I, I still yeah. want to make a film. Like last year, we didn't even get to finish our film because our uni shut down during production mm-hmm. of it. So I'm like, I act, I've, I've no idea how to make a film mm-hmm. start to finish, and I'm in my second year. But you know, that, that's, we move. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel as well because <laughs> yeah. first year they were like, "You only get to make one film this year." And it was like a shitty like remake of a western that we had to like remake and like talk about yeah. shot composition. So it wasn't really yeah. making a film. But they were like, "You're doing all essays this year, but don't worry, next year is really productive." And now next year is now, and it isn't because of COVID. And I'm just like, <sighs> I'm going into my third year of uni, and I've like not made a film yet, which is no, fucking diabolical. But there's like not there's not really much they can do about it. So I'm just kind of sat here like trying to write pre-production for a film I'm not making, like writing a script and a storyboard and that. But it's fine. We're hopefully we're hopefully making um a film, but we're just doing it remotely. So luckily I'm working with my friend. So then I know that I can trust a person (laughs) to actually get stuff done. (laughs) So and then yeah, then I'm going to be the editor. So. Because I've, awesome. I've fallen in love with editing over yes. uh, the first semester. But I still, I'm still, like, basic as fuck. I, like, <laughs> put a composition together and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so good. And then I look at your shit and I'm like, never mind. Oh, no, don't say that. No, you're so good. <laughs> Editing's what I want to do as a career, so I spend a lot of time doing it. But, oh, so I I have I have no career prospects. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't man. know. I think my dream would be either editing for a small company or a client like client based yeah. company, or being like this is like a dream dream like being a music video director. Like a music video director would be fucking awesome. <gasps> I would love to. To do be that. honest, yeah, I would I would genuinely do that. Is that a horror? Yeah, Ooh, okay. music videos are horror. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's let's uh you know shift out. We're ten minutes in now. Oh, god damn. Oh my god. Uh, let's talk about your digital art because that's the more furry side of stuff. So yeah. <laughs> when did you, so you were talking about how you were furry when you were like younger, like deviant kind of thing. But what yeah. made you kind of want to like revitalize it a bit and start it? Because I do remember when you followed me. I saw you UK based, and I was like, oh, it's fucking awesome. I'll follow him. <laughs> and then. I saw your art and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, but it's just a new account because he's only got like 10 followers. Yeah. So it must be like a completely like new thing for you then since you only made it like in the summer of this year. Literally. I was literally, I was, um, it was, it was my childhood because I found Feral Heart. And if anyone who listens to this podcast knows Feral Heart, please reach out to me. <laughs> it's, it's such an innate part of my childhood. I remember so many things from there. Um, but that's really where I discovered fairies is literally people were role playing as fairies. And I was like, what is this? You can be an animal. Oh, my God. And then I discovered like, oh, they're called like animashes on YouTube. Okay. And it was just loads of like childhood, like animation films, like fucking Lion King, mm-hmm. you know, Balto, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, all of these people are fairies. And I was like, maybe I'm a fairy. <laughs> 
then I started making art, like just drawing. I, I used to like trace from the computer screen onto a piece of paper. And then um, I got my first tablet when I was like 13. And then that's when I joined DeviantArt and I just kept going and going and going. And then I think at like 16, it hit the point where everyone thought that being a furry was cringe. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't be this anymore. <laughs> so I, so I, I genuinely like, I didn't touch my drawing tablet at all. I just stopped. I just stopped mm, making art yeah. completely. And, um, you know, I, I, I sometimes still like secretly watch furry YouTubers. I think I used to watch like the dance competitions at oh, furry conventions. Okay. <laughs> like that was my sort of secret thing that I did. And I didn't tell anyone because I was like, I'm so embarrassed. And then literally last year I was like, I followed people on Twitter and then I was sort of secretly sort of looking at that art and going, oh, I wish I could do that again. And then my boyfriend was like, well, why don't you? And I was like, because it's weird. And there was like, it's not weird. There's like, there isn't a space where, you know, enjoying your creativity, just making art is weird. That's sort of, it's a sort of, yeah. I had like the 2016 mindset still, mm -hmm. but seeing so many cool people interact and like, Great shit. I'm like, fuck that, man. You know what? I'll be a part of it. I'm still really tiny. I I literally just do it because I think it's fun. I only have like 25 followers, but yeah, I've just it just helped me a lot. I think it helped sort of yeah with my mental health, especially mm -hmm. last year because it was such a fucking crazy place to be. Yeah, so you know, yeah, yeah. it's literally like I still have ups and downs. I still stop drawing for ages because I'm like, oh, I'm not good. Oh, there's so many very artists that are better than me. But that's just my inner A level art critic coming oh, through yeah. and sort of going, You'll never you'll never be good enough. But yeah. <laughs> a, <laughs> I don't a, know. a level art, goddamn. A level No, oh that was stupid. Dog, dog I failed my A levels and then that was what I was saying. I'm sure you know how I've been like talking about I mean, I put that Instagram thing up and I think I tweeted about it as well. I was like Hmm. Sorry, babe. Can't cut the phone right now. Uh, I'm busy listening to Mac DeMarco. Mac DeMarco. <laughs> because I used to just... When I was 16... And this is a complete tangent. We'll get back to it. But just like on an off topic. Like, when I was 16, all I was doing was like... Not doing my A-level work. Going to like house parties and getting absolutely fucking smashed. And then like... <laughs> listening to Mac DeMarco and skateboarding with like my best mates and it was just oh. like the nicest time ever and I just missed that because now I'm like sat in my uni room going like deadlines deadlines and just being like <laughs> I have to actually work on this Cause, I mean I failed my A-levels and I'm like not surprised in the slightest oh how and I got like yeah. <laughs> I didn't get like I didn't get kicked out at the place but they like recommended me to leave because they were like we don't think you're oh. gonna do very well <laughs> oh no <laughs> but it's fine I like got, I got my way to uni and like, i've yeah myself out, so it's fine anyway back to the like art stuff I, I do think it's really nice that you've kind of found a way to you know it's not it, it doesn't always have to be like vent art but mm. you know just doing something you like doing or something yeah. you're passionate about to kind of like take your mind off more negative stuff and then like to clear your head of it is always nice i mean Definitely, i think that, i mean yeah. it's something i've talked about on the show before and i think it's just you can you can kind of apply it to anything like if you just do any sports or if you do any art or whatever it is something yeah. that it's just nice to clear your head when you have bad mental health and then i i totally get that kind of thing of being you know worried about being a fairy and it's something again something i've talked about yeah. on the show quite a lot where it was a thing of i used to joke about it and then like i used to just have people around me that were just like 
no, that's fucking weird. And I was like, no, it's okay. Same, I was like, okay. And then I just like repressed it a bit. And then like when I started dating my girlfriend, she was like, uh, I was like, oh, I don't really, I don't know if I like how I'm getting into this furry stuff again. And she was like, oh, no, no, I think that's cool. You know, like, I think it's awesome. You know, that's Aww. just like such a different kind of art style and like all these cool like anthropomorphic animals. And yeah. I was like, she was like, you should, if you enjoy it, you should just go for it. And I was like, okay. So, you know, and then I, I made a sauna with the help of my friend and uh, <laughs> I haven't looked back since, you know, and it is, it is nice. And thing is, I don't like the word, like, I don't know, this is a bit of a, again, a weird off topic, but like, I don't like the word fandom. I find the word fandom like really <sighs> mm, out. It's I don't different. Know, it, 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 it's, it's fine. I don't, I use it sometimes as well, but for me, yeah. it feels like really outdated, like Tumblr, Tumblr fandom think... kind of shit. It just yeah. reminds me when I used to have like a Steven Universe fucking Tumblr account. <laughs> <laughs> so I was talking I was talking about Tumblr earlier with some people and I was like, oh my god, I'm so glad I wasn't in the fucking super hulock fandom <laughs> and I was like, but I was a Homestuck person, so oh, I can't no. I can't say shit. A few of my friends were I never got into Homestuck. I remember my my mates used to You're try so and get lucky. Me into it. And I used to just get really bored. I used to like yeah. click it and like read it and I was like Because <sighs> my attention span even... was just minuscule. No, I didn't even finish reading it. I honestly was only there for the art and um, to go to Comic Con and like dress yeah. up as a troll. It was it was pretty <laughs> cool, but no, that 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 fandom. Yeah. No, it's it was definitely a very toxic mm. place. But I, I I do agree. I think in this circumstance, I think with um sort of fairies, I think it's more of a culture, yeah. subculture. It's like it's like a community it's... as well. Like that essentially yeah. is what a fandom is. It's just a you know a fan kind of. Yeah community in it and i just like saying community more than fandom because i find fandom would be like 2013 tumblr word i don't know it's just <laughs> no, like yeah, completely off topic but yeah um i, I don't know yeah it, it, and i think everybody you have so many like-minded talented people in this kind of close-knit kind of community and mm. it doesn't even have to be furry art it's just artists in general i think as well and oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's just like a nice thing i think it is hard to not compare yourself to people as well, like you were saying yeah. before, because I get the same thing with like edits, or when it comes to like exposure with edits, um, uh, yeah, I get no, really I get annoyed at that, and I get annoyed that I'm so bothered by it. It turns into a thing. Mm. So first of all, you've got like I'll finish an edit, and then I will look at somebody else's, and it'll be like way more smooth than mine, and then I'll look oh, at man. like some I like work really hard on an edit, and I'll upload it, and then mm. some like kid will put a fucking like flip a clip edit with like yeah you know stock transitions and it'll get like 300k views and i'm like what what am i doing wrong here like and oh, i don't no. mind if i don't really i know i'm i know it's like contradicting what i said but i don't really care about exposure that much i do it i like editing like amvs and all that because it helps me practice because the shots are already composed for me yeah. all i need to do is add the transitions and add the special effects that i want to and it helps me do better at post-production but it is mm. nice that you know if you work like fucking 20 or so hours on an edit and you upload it, it is nice to get a little bit of recognition for your talent and i'm sure you feel exactly the same way with art or any i'm sure everybody feels the same way but mm. even though it does i think i think it's something to reiterate that even though that is something that can get you down or it's something that can be in your head. You've got to remember you're doing it because you're enjoying to do that thing. And that's just something that I've got to remember. If I'm doing yeah. this solely to get exposure, then that isn't really, first of all, it's not a good mindset. And second of all, no. it's just taking the enjoyment out of it. If you set a goal of 
I want to make this because I want to get better at this said subject rather than I want to make this because I want exposure and I want people to appreciate my work. Mm-hmm. That is nice, but that should be a side thing in my opinion. I think your yeah. main thing should be improving. But I mean, everybody has different goals. Everybody has different mindsets towards these things. But I think that's what is a better positive mindset overall because if you have those set goals of making this because I want to get better, over time you will start getting more exposure. I mean, with my stuff, I only started at like 20, 30 views in editing. Now I get like maybe 100, which is not massive in the slightest, but Mm. it's still something and I like making them. So I don't really mind too much. I, I I just like, um, I mean, drawing is therapeutic for me, mm-hmm. and I am sometimes like, please commission me, because, <laughs> you know, I'm a uni student, I need money, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all uni students are like, please, but um, no, I genuinely, I just love art, I love it so much, like, whenever I get, like, I draw things for my friends, I draw things just because I'm bored, I draw things um, when people are paying me. And but I generally like put my heart and soul into it because art is what I do. I mean, mm-hmm. I love film, and I hope to include my art in film somehow. I don't know how. Yeah. Um, but art is genuinely like a thing that I—it's a part of me, and it's like been a part of me since I was a kid. So it it does it like whenever I, I put myself down, I then go whoa. But that's not why I'm doing this. I'm mm-hmm. doing this because it's just fun. It's just it's just good for me. It's nice. Yeah. And like when you make something and you, and you sit back and go, whoa, I did that. Oh, my God. Like, I think that's the best part. It it's is like, like that is like one of the nicest things when I like finish an edit and like I look at a transition or if I do anything, like I look at it and mm. be like, I did that. Like, that is my work. That I've <laughs> that's done in, my like, baby. <laughs> that is my baby. And like, I did it. And that is something that I personally created. And it's mm. only get it's only gonna get better if you keep consistent with it as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely an issue with me that I need to work on. Uh, I I just disappear from furry Twitter sometimes. <laughs> I just stop drawing for like three or four weeks, and I'm like, oh, and then I come back and I'm like, hey guys, I'm back, and then I go again. <laughs> so I need to like stop yeah. announcing myself because I'm like almost putting an expectation for myself mm-hmm. to just continuously show up for yeah. people when I could just be chill and like post art when I want to mm-hmm. post art. And you, like... need, you need to work on your own time. And again, it's like sim- similar <laughs> to the exposure thing. Don't make yeah. stuff because you need to make it. Just make it when you want to. You're working on your own mm. time. You're working on your own creativity. Just make stuff when you want to. I used to, this is what I'm saying with the podcast. Like, I'm obviously trying to do one a week, but also I got other commitments and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I feel like I wouldn't make as good of an episode if if like if I didn't take these breaks. Then I'll be rushing the editing. It mm. wouldn't be as smooth because you know, some people just upload like OBS or like vods of like the entire conversation and like don't edit it. But yeah. I'm I'm trying to edit and because I well I'm trying to get better at audio editing as well because it's part of my degree. So. Mm. I sit there and I like get rid of all the pauses and I, all the noise cancellations and all the sniffs and the coughs and all the breaks <laughs> and like it is fucking tedious. I'm not gonna try it and pretend is. I. I'm not gonna try and pretend I enjoy like cutting out coughs and sniffs and pops of the mic and shit. But it's just something you have to do, and I want to keep up that quality. So if I didn't take breaks, and if I'm sure you feel exactly the same thing, if you don't take breaks from stuff you enjoy doing. It's, it goes for anything. Like, if you don't take breaks and you're not going to make as 
Good stuff. I feel like we've done on a, went on a massive tangent about work ethic, oh, no. but I, I, mean, I like it. <laughs> we both it. need to work on ourselves. Yeah, we and do. Be nice we do. To ourselves. <laughs> we just need to love ourselves. <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything furry that we can relate to. You haven't been. So you said you went to a comic con, but you haven't been to any conventions, and have you? No, you, I've just never. Started being I've one? never. I've never been to a furry con. I didn't even know they existed in the UK. Um, we have the. We have CFC. But sadly, CFZ has been cancelled again this year, Whoa. and you know it's a given. I was, I was honestly, <laughs> it's weird. I had this thought in my head, and I was like, maybe if C- obviously CFZ is virtual this year, but then oh. if it's going to be in twenty twenty two, like in person, then maybe yeah. by then the podcast has got a bit of traction, and maybe I can do like a little panel or some shit. That'd be fucking oh awesome. Imagine, imagine. I'm gonna, this is the thing. I'm going to clip this part. If if I suddenly somehow get big by by summer of twenty twenty two, so this is like a year and a half's time, yeah. I'm gonna clip this part. And I'm gonna put it in the funnel, and I'm gonna pause it now and be like, "Welcome to the funnel." <laughs> <laughs> I would love oh. to do that, and then also I wanted to kind of organize a fashion show thing where people would <gasps> people would have like fashion things and then they would have music and then they would stop mm. their little strut or whatever they could be wearing a fursuit they don't have to be wearing a fursuit then just mm. do like 30 seconds of hi this was my outfit choice i chose this because this this is my music choice i chose this because this and they walk off and the next person comes on and then you could do group ones and thingy ones i think there's a lot of people i think there's a lot of fairies that are really into fashion um, yeah and i don't know if it's like the uk scene in terms of fairy fashion is big but i know just in general because i mean you've got anthropomorphic animals that have human traits that's like an anthropomorphic yeah. kind of thing and with mm. human traits because comes clothes comes fashion and mm. i think it's something that crosses over quite well i mean it crosses over for me a lot as well but yeah yeah fairy, i always yeah. I always like drawing sh- cool shit on my fairies yeah. i love giving them like little funky t-shirts mm. i'm i wouldn't say i'm like i love clothes i love fashion but i wouldn't like say i'm I don't know if it's like a genre. I feel like it's almost a genre of furry, like, it's like fashion hype, furries. It's like, well, it's like hype beast furries, but like yeah. Like, <laughs> but I mean, you don't. I mean, I mean, I'm 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 hype beast. Thing is, though, I like I'm hype beast done. It's in my name, but mm. at the same time, I'm like I don't even fucking buy that much hype beast shit anymore. No. I think I'm just taking a break from spending a lot of money in general at the moment. But honestly, fair enough. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's just. Uh, I think obviously you've got hype beasts, but then hype beasts aren't the entirety of fashion. You've got like vintage yeah. stuff. You've just got oh, like yeah. there's loads of different fashion kind of things you can go off, mm. and that's what I like about it. It's so diverse. So yeah, yeah. You should just make your own fairy convention. Oh, just do a fairy, awesome. a fairy, fa- or just like a fairy fashion show. Like hit awesome. up London Fashion Week. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that that see that's because me and Amy obviously are trying to make that uh, clothing line, that fruit salad yeah. one with the alien cat. Maybe yeah. that's the start of it. Who knows? That'd Come be awesome. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, obviously conventions where I'm being able to experience them because of Curran and also because we're both like new fairies. I like how we kind of relate with that as well. Oh, no. Like, yeah. I didn't realize our experiences were so similar. Yeah. Oh, I thought. Because it was kind of like people told, people said cringe. Partner says do it. <laughs> Pursue it. That's literally it. Okay, I guess. <laughs> okay, I guess I do it. Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I mean, I, do you want to just move on the album? We can just move on the album if you want. I mean, we can, we can move on. We can move on. Because, I, I mean, I think you have a lot of talk about with it, though. So I, think I do. We, so we might, you know, stretch a little bit more. So, <laughs> yeah. So we will talk about the album choice of this week, uh, which was Geogaddy by Boards of Canada. 
Now, you... So, we were told about the start of the episode. About yeah. how this... I was... I mean, I was texting you whilst I was watching it. I mean, listening to it, I was like... I'm, like, currently lying on my bed listening to this album. And I'm, like, having some sort of fucking, like, quarter-life crisis. And, well, it, not in a way that it was bad, but, like... No. It was just so interesting because it really got into my head. Yeah. Uh, it was just... And I found it, like... I think it... I, I, this is going to sound really pretentious in it. <laughs> and I've talked about this on the podcast before because I've talked mm. about, like, the essence of horror. And mm. we learn... We talk, we learn about it in film. And it's, like, this universal theory that, like, horror elicits, elicits or produces curiosity, but we, yes. we're also, like, fearful of it. And I think that's mm. what I get with this album where it was some of the, like, tones and, like, how it sounded, like really sent me like off edge like felt made me feel really weird in yeah. like un like unnerving but then at the same time it was really intriguing and i just kept listening and i that that's something that really like it really interests me it's really eager like i don't know it's hard to explain but it's really intriguing is a piece of work and i think it goes for anything like horror games or things mm. that send you off edge like things that we find weird and unsettling we still pursue that. And I think that's exactly. something that's really interesting. Anyway, you can talk. Why did you choose this album in particular to talk about? Oh, well, um, I discovered Boards of Canada last year mm-hmm. because we, I was I played like um, this tabletop RPG game called Cyberpunk. Not the fucking PlayStation Why game, but like the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the original sort of like D&D vibe kind mm-hmm. of game. Awesome, yeah. And... I literally just found it while I was making a playlist for our oh, sessions, cool. and I just went down a hole with mm-hmm. this this band because I li- I listen to stuff like Aphex Twin as well, yeah. so I do like ambient like um, I think it's called intelligent dance music. I don't like the, that genre. It sounds name. like it sounds like slightly pretentious, but it's yeah, also but true. It, maybe it's like I'm I'm sure there's some irony in it as well. But yeah, so I like <laughs> yeah. I like it it just feels different to sort of although I do listen to a lot of dance and trance as well. Yeah. But there's something different about sort of the the more strange aspects of it. But mm-hmm. yeah, um Geo Gaddy really stood out to me because it was the most weirdest experience I've had sort of listening to an album mm-hmm. ever. I mean, it just completely sent me, you know, it blew me away i've listened to so many like amazing albums in my life and this one just after listening to it i was like what what did i just listen to mm-hmm. like it's so strange and then um i watched a documentary on youtube about boards of canada because they are they haven't released anything in years um, oh they okay. are the, yeah, they are I, the most yeah i was gonna say weirdest. This, this this came out in like 2002 yeah 2002 yeah. but they are the most weirdest duo ever they're scottish brothers and like they were really inconsistent with their like releases and they haven't made anything i think since let me check spotify because they, they made <laughs> well they made to- tomorrow's harvest in 2013 yeah but, and that was but that they, was the last thing yeah so they made they, they had like kind of recent releases 95 98 2002 2005 yeah. and then 2013 so we had like what uh a, a kind of eight year gap there yeah, and, then they haven't, com- and, and then they haven't made anything for eight years now so yeah they're a really sort of mysterious little band mm-hmm. and I, I, don't, I mean I, I I watched a YouTube documentary about it and yeah. I highly recommend it I think it's called This Is Hexagon Sun 
and okay. it literally like it's just there's no sort of audio description you have to read all the subtitles but it's just the soundtrack it's just their music sort of blending together and it was yeah. just a hypnotizing experience in itself but when you learn sort of the details of this album because they put a lot of brain behind mm. this it it changed it again it changed mm. the experience for me so then after that i listened to it all the way through again and i was like this feels even more weird this feels like some cult shit i'm listening to and i love it it's literally like i have so many i have some little facts like written down about it mm-hmm. that just make it special yeah just make it really unique i mean it's something that we talk about on the show a lot where artists and like film directors when we're talking about the film choices mm. do tiny things that not everybody would pick up on but if you do pick up on them it's just so satisfying and so interesting yeah. to think about um it did definitely remind me of Aphex Twin kind of thing. I mean, I don't listen to Aphex Twin too much, but mm. I've listened to like the odd few songs by them. And it is mm. that kind of, it's like, it is like trancey kind of, I don't want to say immersive. It's like, I don't know. Basically, it just made me kind of, this isn't the nicest thing, on, I guess, <laughs> but if I want to be completely honest, it made me feel really hollow. Like, not hollow uh. in a sense that it was bad, but like, I was like I said, I was like lying on my bed listening to it. It was nice, but I was just like yeah. feeling. I was like, whoa, like this is like something. And I mean, I was mm. just I I I don't know. It, it, I think it's something that I definitely want to listen to because I was listening to it just casually with my laptop on, like maybe texting a few people or whatever. And I think it's something. It's kind of like similar to Blonde by Frank Ocean, where I think mm. this is an album I would listen to when I'm like going to bed and all the lights are off and I have my headphones in. Yeah. I think it's something I would definitely listen to. I think it's an experience to like listen to front to back. It's like an hour and six. You just listen to. It. I mean, they made it specifically sixty six minutes, didn't they? Because yeah, 60, 66 minutes and six seconds. Yeah, because Magic Window, <laughs> the last song, is like just fucking Please, silence. Um, it's just yeah. not. It's just pure silence. I thought my Spotify fucked up, or like they had a copyright <laughs> strike on the Spotify song, so I looked yeah. it up on YouTube, and then it was the exact same thing. It's and just I was silence. Like, what the fuck? And I think it's so interesting. I mean, I want I want to let you talk about it, but I mean, just quickly, the Beware the Friendly Stranger song I recognized because mm. it was used in Salad uh what's it called? Salad Fingers. That's how yes. I recognized it. Yeah. And I was like that that is exactly how it makes you feel. So mm. Salad Fingers using that song is fantastic because you know Salad Fingers is a is it animation was like you know it became popular on youtube because it was a thing that you would watch to make yourself feel very unnerved in yeah. you know it's a little bit like scary kind of thing and creepy oh, yeah. and that's exactly how the album makes you feel sometimes as well and it isn't a bad thing at all like it, i like i'm i feel like i'm describing it with like negative connotations of it being <laughs> creepy and kind of weird but you'll understand where i'm coming from with this where yeah that's the point of it it's, it's meant to make you feel like on edge in I don't know. Well, it, you're meant to experience it. It's it's not meant to be off-putting, but it's meant to. I don't know. It's it's meant to make you feel different. It's not supposed to yeah. be an entirely enjoyable experience. I don't think. I don't think no, that's what definitely. they've had in mind. No, I I totally agree. I think um their music sort of creates a different sort of world. Each yeah. album, if you listen to all the albums, you will literally have different emotions sort of rise up, and mm-hmm. um 
that like you can even see from the um album covers like the colors change very suddenly from their previous albums which were very sort of blue and green tones sort of quite calming yeah and, and then this is the only one that's relaxing. just like a, like a burning orange yellow yeah it's completely different and they just wanted to do something really different they were they're inspired a lot by um by sort of tragedies in the world i mm-hmm. think they said this album because they were recording it and then um well they were thinking about creating the album and 9-11 happened yeah and they said that 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 sort of influenced mm-hmm. how they're taking the album which i think loads of musicians did they and i think a load of them ended up making a darker album around yeah. that time i mean it's they definitely just messed around with making it almost cursed as possible Mm -hmm. i think they talked to their um record label and they were like we should make it 666 minutes and even the size of the album if you download it is 666 megabytes oh yo what the fuck that's (laughs) they really they really really put some thought behind that yeah oh yeah i mean and um there's 23 tracks and um apparently there's like a theory that the number 23 is connected to everything in the world I don't know how. I but heard like, that my friend, yeah. well, not my friend, somebody that I knew from school started this fucking Twitter thread of them seeing the number 23 everywhere. Oh my god. Uh, it was, uh, I remember that was ages ago though, but I remember them just having a thread of it and everyone found it really like weird and funny. But yeah, I think yeah. that is something that is, yeah. They definitely, they definitely went very strange with this. And um, because they're so quirky with their releases, so they were like completely radio <laughs> yeah. silent after their last album they only did like one interview between the last album and then the release of this and then unannounced they um just did a poster where they previewed the album in six churches just across the world in different countries i know (laughs) and that was it and that was like hey our album's here come come to church and listen to it that reminds me of like death grips have only done like free interviews in their entire yeah. life in one of them is i find that so fucking funny that obviously <laughs> that interview instrumental album was mm. it, it's just an entire like 20 30 minute i think it might be like a 20 minute uh instrumental album and it's called mm. interview 2016 and it's this yeah. random guy interviewing death grips but uh they were they released it and then what they did instead of you know releasing the voices in releasing mm. you know the the actual interview they just put instrumental music over the video so <laughs> and i find that really missing that the only person that that'll have experienced that interview are death grips the guy that's yeah. interviewed them in like the guy the cameraman that was like recording it and i find that yeah. so fucking interesting like yeah it's, it's like, when yeah. it's when artists make the experience of their music different to they like anyone separate, else yeah. i mean it's like yeah. it's, it's that idea of separating your public life from your kind of facade of how you present your music and how you present yourself with your music i mean mm. mc ride is probably a very chill person in real life oh, yeah. but <laughs> mc ride i've like heard stories of like my flammy anderson like loves death grips so he's told me like loads of stuff about them oh. about how they act in concert and how they act with fans where yeah. they keep up this like silent tone very angry kind of faces even though they love their fans and they love every like they they just keep up this like kind of what's the word they just keep up this i mean facade i guess that uh, yeah sort of a personality yeah personality of just being you know serious you know grumpy but in real life they're probably just like (laughs) chill as fuck but i love that i love 
when artists kind of separate their public life from like their music and i think i find i think especially for music that's quite intriguing like death grips or boards of canada Mm. it's something that should be experienced without thinking of who's made it it should be just a piece of art that should be yes you know i totally agree yeah i think you should if you if you like um interesting sort of artists behind the art i definitely like recommend researching Aphex twin more mm-hmm. um because he just makes up rumors about himself <laughs> <laughs> he he does not he no one knows anything about him really um no one literally he said he has like he talks about how he has a tank in his garden mm-hmm. um he said that his like six-year-old has a soundcloud account and like makes music for him and like produces albums for him he just chats shit about what himself because i know That's because wild. um he he came from he came from wales and okay. um so he's literally like he's made himself a welsh myth in a way which is really cool i love <laughs> that he's just completely changed mm. how the world views him which I, I find think... it well the richard d james album i just find I try to listen to it, but like the album art is the most off-putting, creepy <laughs> shit. I that's, swear down. That's the first um, Aphex Twin record I ever got. I think was the Richard D one, and then I think um, I found Window Liquor, like the single, mm-hmm. um, in a little record store near my hometown, and I was oh, I was so pleased to get it because I mean, the album yeah. art is just so good. I, I mean, Flim's the one that I know. That that's, oh, yeah. that's that's the song that I actually know. Yeah. Oh, my boyfriend loves Flim. So he loves Flim. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> but no, back to Boards of Canada. I just went on because I love Apex no, Twin fine. so that's much. That's fine, well. that's fine. Don't worry about <laughs> it. We got time, we got time. Literally, no one knows anything about these two either. I think they've only done two or three interviews in their mm-hmm. whole career. Um, they did a whole thing where they, um, for their most recent album, they like hid clues everywhere in like posters and like videos they released on like fan made accounts. That's mad. Because uh, I know they've because there's never there's no official Boards of Canada music video. They're all fan made videos of like old vintage sort of like I would say like uh, oh, I can't really describe it like adverts and tutorials yeah. and stuff like that. So they're all fan made, and then they started sneaking themselves into the fan accounts and like hiding things in it. And then all this led to um, just a random place in the desert in America. And that's where they did the release party of their album. And like that's, that's 10 awesome. people, yeah, 10 people got to like actually figure it out and got to go there and listen to them play music, which was insane. So they're definitely, they just, I think they just love um, messing around with their audience because their music is so playful in a very strange way that they know that the people who listen to it are inquisitive enough to sort of follow trails that they lead them even if it leads to nothing yeah no it's super 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 interesting going through like some of the stuff i liked i found you i really like julian candy i thought julian candy was very (sighs) Mm. i think it started it had a really nice start and then when like the beat kicked in it was like one of the more not upbeat but the more like like you know bass and beat heavy kind of yeah songs 1969 was good as well i really like 1969 Mm. Um, I found the devil is in the details like really off putting. Like, that was my scariest, probably well scariest, like, my most <laughs> creepy kind of. Song. No, I think I think some of these songs are scary as yeah. hell. A A's to B, as B is to C. Yeah, is literally I wrote it down here. I like it's. It, I said it scares me so much. <laughs> I don't under it, it's. I don't like the sounds of audio played in reverse. I don't know oh, what it is about it. So it I, freaks yeah. me out. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't hear that that much. In, I think that was just, like, me being oblivious, but <laughs> it, I probably hate that song now as well if I, like, listen to it with the headphones <laughs> on. Shit, no, if you literally, you could you could hear it through, um, if you listen, because I've listened to it so much, Yeah. Um, pretty much every single song will probably have something reversed yeah, in it, heard, yeah. or um, just samples of people talking. But yeah, there's there's. I find it a, so horrible. Like yeah, it's it's sent. It's some sort of uncanny valley kind of feeling yeah. where it's like almost understandable, but it isn't, and you're like, yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah, I hate reversed music a lot. Like no. in terms of like, uh, I think that's what used to scare me the most with like that fucking like creepy pasta kind of shit. Yes. Where like oh Ben Ben drowned and all that shit. Like it wouldn't be the actual visuals that would scare me. It'd be like the hoot, 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 I fucking hate it. <laughs> like it puts me on edge so much. And then yeah, what are the, what are the examples of like reverse music? Can I can I? Oh give? my god, I used to, I used to scare myself as a child listening to the Kim Possible theme song backwards. <laughs> like that was it. It haunted me. No way. I don't know why I did it, but it literally I would lie in bed at night and I could just hear it in my brain. That's yeah it's just reversed music reversed people speaking there's just no. something about it like it being like sharp it's like the, the kind of the hood, hood. i don't know it's hard to explain yeah. like without sound like a fucking idiot but it's just <laughs> it's just uh, some of these, off-putting. yeah some of these songs are meant to like earlier say i listened to most of the album backwards which is a very different experience i think if you if you can handle it you should definitely try it and some of the songs sound better played in reverse and like i think in the last i think it's the last track i may be a fake fan no it's not the last track i'm such a fake fan you could feel the sky that one Mm -hmm. if you there's there's a speech in it around like two minutes ten seconds Mm -hmm. and if you play in reverse it says like a god with horns or a god with hooves so there's already like Ah, references to like wicca satanism yeah. yeah And then um, apparently, if you slow it down, <laughs> I sound like I sound like a conspiracy theorist <laughs> here. But if you slow it down by like three percent or something, I can't remember the exact thing. But um, you can hear like the, it, it's a whole story in that song of like um, apparently you can hear a woman screaming, and then you can hear no crackling fire, like that weird sort of sound that sounds like stretched, like it sounds like rope to me. And it's like, I think it's meant to be like footsteps or like fire burning in reverse. And then you can hear the church bells ringing. So it's meant to be some sort of like sacrifice, I think, is what no people theorized way. it. Yeah, you can like, there's a whole wiki for these songs and all of them have some meaning behind it. Obviously yeah. not confirmed by Boards of Canada because they don't really talk about it. They don't really talk in general, yeah. but... And I think it's nice, nice, like, leaving it kind of open up to interpretation. I think talking about this kind of thing, because there is something I want to say about the album that links to the film choice as well. But is there anything else that you want to talk? Because we're on 50 minutes, so if you want to talk about anything, say it now. Um, I think I just just sort of, I would say that, like, my favourite track, like, is the one that I always come back to is Dawn Chorus. Yep, I like that as um, well. I really like that. It's, there's a really fun fact about it. Is that um, it's named after an electromagnetic phenomenon, <laughs> when um, at some points when the sun like comes over the horizon. I'm not sure if it's the sunrise or the sunset. And if there's like solar flares, if you have the right equipment, you can hear mm-hmm. the sounds of the sun, and it sounds like um, birds whistling, or sometimes like human voices singing, like loads of yeah. voices going ah. 
um and they named it after that and i think um that's so cool if you listen to it after you hear some of the um like recordings of the phenomenon you can definitely see where they got inspired from like this band just loves mathematics and science and like including that kind of stuff in their music i think it's just like this is like on a whole another level of like thinking about what you're doing with each of your songs and yeah. kind of what you're applying. I think there's so much you can kind of unpack for this. This is what I was saying about how I'd want to re-listen to it in a different environment. It may be in a different listening experience in terms of reversing it or listening to it in a different order because it is, mm. it just seems something you can really unpick a lot. But I mean, in that, that's what I'm saying. I want to keep talking about it, but we've got, we got, we got to move on. We've got, we got to move on. We've got to go. we got to but go. I will say, this is my link. First of all, it's really cool about talking about the sacrifice thing. Mm. and all the kind of themes of that, because obviously that links to the film as well. Oh, yes. But uh, Corsair, re- I was thinking about it, and I was like, if that was in the soundtrack for the film, the film choice, I would mm. not bat an eyelid. I was thinking no. <laughs> about, when I was listening to Corsair, I was thinking about the ending scene, like, oh, you know, of the, of the, like, TP, like, uh, yeah. fucking triangle house on fire. And I was like, this would fit that so well. And on that note, yeah. we will move on to the film choice of this week which was uh, Midsummer, directed by Ari Aster I mean what a surprise you know two film <laughs> students picking an A24 Kino Ari Aster <laughs> film <laughs> Oh, we definitely aren't stereotypes, uh, are we? Uh, definitely. Well, to be fair, obviously, you picked it, but I was like, yes! We were picking... Well, to be fair, we would choose between that or Perfect Blue. And I mean, per- <laughs> Perfect Blue is like my favourite film of all time. And uh-huh. I was like, if we pick Perfect Blue, I'll go on about it too much. And I really want to re- re-watch Midsummer. Uh, yeah. So we've picked that. Now, before we start, I did try and get the director's cut version, but I couldn't find it anywhere because my mm. uh, my my legal my legal download my uh, legal download <laughs> uh, didn't work. So I just watched on, I just watched the normal version on Prime instead. Yeah. Um. We. But yeah, we have the we have the DVD version, but I don't think it was the director's cut. No, so cool. we have the same experience. I yeah, didn't that's even, fine. I think it's like even longer. Like yeah, it is. It's, it's almost three hours. It's mad. Oh my god. Yeah, but. I think it was just because I've already seen the film, which I'll talk about. Like my my first experience watching the film was like quite interesting, so we'll talk about that. But in general, I think people say that it is way better, and I do think that obviously when it comes to runtime, my attention span's fucking dog water. So <laughs> like sitting down and watching a film and me saying like it's almost three hours is me saying like I'm gonna get bored. But oh. I felt like even this film was like two hours and twenty minutes, and to me. It really just it's the runtime seemed to go really quickly. Like oh, I felt, yeah, I felt yeah, totally the same. Yeah, the first half an hour of the film. I know you you watched like a little analysis, didn't you? So it's, it's okay if you didn't like watch the film. But I'm just like, obviously you watched it maybe like a while ago or something. Or did you watch it recently? Yeah. Um, I haven't watched it recently, but um, I've watched it like five times. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's it's fine, one of yeah. my is is one of my favorite films, and I always watch it whenever I watch it. I always make sure I watch it with a new friend yes. because I like seeing how they react and it's really funny every it's, single yeah, time. It's funny that you say that because I'm going to talk about that, right? But <laughs> what I'll say is the first, they don't even get to the, you know, Swedish place or whatever, mm. you know, the little like campsite. I don't even want to know what to call it. 
Like, I think okay, it's like spo- a spoilers, commune. Yeah, yeah, spoilers for Midsummer, by the way, if you haven't seen the film. I hope oh, yeah. you've seen the film, guys, you know, to prepare yourself for the podcast. But if you haven't, that's okay. okay but obviously, no spoilers. Um, Obviously, when they get like the culty place, it's like mm. half an hour, the film's already gone. And yeah. that's really, really interesting to me because like, that's all exposition in that's like a fifth of the, of the film. And that's yeah, really, really cool. Yeah. In terms of how I experienced it for the first time and talking about friends and that, so I went to go see it in the cinemas when it first came out. Same. And And I remember I went with me and four other friends, okay? And <laughs> I was sat in the middle. So obviously I had two friends on my left side and two friends on my yeah. right side. And it was fucking hilarious because I was sat in the middle and on my right side, my mates were like, on, on some specific, some specific parts... Like for example, the, like the weird moaning, or oh, like in no. all that shit, they would just yeah. be like they, they would be like, "What the actual fuck is going on? Like, what is this shit?" <laughs> Not it's like if it's bad, but like getting creeped out, like what the fuck? And then on my left side, like me, like on my left side of me, my mates were trying to like fucking crease and like absolutely like burst out <laughs> laughing in like the oh, cinema, no. and I found it super interesting that like some of my friends found it really fucking creepy. But then some of my friends found it absolutely hilarious. It it was yeah. just kind of weird that people experience horror differently, and it's, I think this film's a very weird experience. So. Yeah, we I got to see it in the cinema as well, and it is a complete. I I wish I hope that cinemas open again at some oh, point. I really because hope watching so too. a film in the cinema is so much. It's such a different yeah, experience. It, is, it really is. But we got to see it. Um, and it was hilarious because. It was like mm. a lot of couples, and I was there oh, with my boyfriend. No. So okay. yeah, a lot of couples, and um, it, Ari Aster does this kind of horror where you are just so weirded out by it that you have to laugh. It's so tragic and so like freaky that you just have yeah. to, <laughs> you just have to crack up. And so it would be literally like uh, I'm trying to think. Oh my god, like when um, the boyfriend gets drugged and like we would all just have to go because <laughs> it's so weird mm-hmm. and like that whole that whole section in that film was just so freaky that oh yeah that, that entire like, like gasping fucking... yeah no we ever the whole the whole cinema was laughing yeah it's so weird. and like everyone was looking at each other like what 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 the fuck what is the happening fuck? Right i saw this now? thing that was like i went to go see midsummer on a first day and i was like what are you doing no, oh my god no. And then we came out of the cinema and literally we had like, I don't know if there were a couple, they were just friends that were walking behind us and they were discussing like the relationship mm-hmm. of um, the two Christi- characters. Yeah, Christian. And, yeah, Danny yeah. and Chris. Yeah. And it, I was just, they were like, no, I think, I think Christian deserved it. And then the other person was like, no, he didn't. He's just misunderstood. And I was like, oh my God, no, no. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. Really when, interesting. When, when I when I first watched it i was i was the exact same like my friend joe shout out my friend joe uh, we were talking about the (laughs) film and he was like the boyfriend fucking deserved it and i was like i don't know maybe maybe not to that extent of being like burned Mm. alive in a bear costume (laughs) but now after rewatching it i was like yeah he's a fucking prick like i don't care (laughs) honestly it's he the the way that like the sort of antagonist of the film shifts from sort of the very mysterious cult the very you know once you've seen the cliff scene you're like oh this is bad oh they're gonna kill you know they're gonna kill our main characters they're the enemies but then as the film gets 
you know, it continues and Christian becomes more and more of a dick. Mm-hmm. You're like, the cult's not so bad. Yeah. Um, it's it, it like, he, yeah, Ariasta um, described it as a breakup film. He didn't necessarily describe it as a horror. And he was like, it's a breakup film with dark comedy. Yeah. And I totally get that. And I definitely think that like, the cult sort of saves Danny in a sense. They are, they are almost like the protagonist. They almost rescue her in this sort of very strange way. But I definitely think that like Christian is definitely the antagonist in this yeah, sense. Yeah, because because the thing is with Christian, it's like even even if you like you know put aside the fact that he was drugged and he wasn't in the right kind of mindset with all that shit going on. Yeah, no, like, he didn't deserve. That... He did not deserve that part. Yeah, I mean being burned alive. But like, maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah but it was just that shit with obviously the that that scene it was yeah. like obviously he didn't know what the fuck was going on no. but at the same time it's like even before that like even even before they went to sweden he oh was like God. fucking like gaslighting her and shit yeah. when she was going through her parents and her sister dying <laughs> the most and, traumatic experience like, like anyone, anyone can like go family through. death and then like he was because obviously they were talking like they were debating at the start of the film mm. about how Danny was like you didn't tell me you wanted to go to Sweden and then mm. he was like oh I just decided today and then he turned it into a like I don't know I think I remember it was just like he turned it into a oh okay I guess it's a problem then I guess it's like yeah. you're, you're making it a problem then she was like no no don't worry we'll sit down it doesn't matter anymore like just fucking gaslighting it and it was just oh, awful it was the most that I think that was almost more uncomfortable than how the sort of cult came to be like how they sort of revealed their quote-unquote true intentions mm-hmm. um because i think their intentions were always there but i'll get onto that um it i think that like the scenes where christian is just so in the wrong and mm-hmm. it's like the parallel between him talking to his his mates about like how to break up with her mm-hmm. and then cut to her like sobbing Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh my god! Oh, I got, I gotta say, like, fl- like on a little bit of an, a tangent, <laughs> Florence Pugh's acting's like fucking incredible. Like, actually, is so <laughs> so good. I know, literally, yeah. it's just incredible. Like, it gave me chills whenever she would cry and shit, oh my and just god. like her facial expressions, just everything yeah. was just like it blew me away. Like, she was fantastic. I think I, I liked most of the actors. I think they all, they all did a really good job. I liked, um, I forgot, this is a bit shit, but uh, the guy from Bandersnatch, you know, the guy with the eyebrows? Yeah. Yeah, yes. he's... Will, Will Poulter. I love, I yeah, Will name. Poulter, yeah. I love his... He's his like, character's he, so yeah, good. He's like, I just pissed at the fucking tree. And, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, my ancestors. He, oh, no. He definitely, it's, it's, it, it really takes it to the sort of dark comedy. Dark comedy, because, yeah. Cause he's yeah. like the kind of comedic out, let's say. He's like the comedic, you know, output. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of it is, but I think that's, I think there's like two sides of comedy in that film. There's mm. the side of it being like literal comedy, like Will Poulter's character. And there's also mm. the comedy of like feeling uneased. In feeling yes. weirded out, and you're just like laughing at the fact that, like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? This is so weird. Yeah, um, yeah. I think if you if you look at his older, like Ariaster made quite a few short films before he made. Mm-hmm. Um, we made Hereditary first, and yeah. that that's a whole other film. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's completely different. To it's Midsummer, it's, it's, which it's is good. completely different. I mean, I think I prefer Midsummer just simply because I think same. First of all, I think I just prefer the concept. 
And I think I like the idea of it being a little bit more mind opening. I know that sounds really mm. fucking pretentious and like third, <laughs> third eye kind of shit, but yeah. I think it makes me think more. And I love films. I always talk about this on the show. I love films and I love albums that make me think more and make me mm. return to them because, you know, they intrigue me. And I think I like how Midsummer is like at least three quarters of it or most, if not all of it, is like filmed in the daytime. And it yes. still oh portrays itself as a creepy kind of horror yeah when there's like maybe terrifying. i think there's like three scenes in the entire film that are set at night and that's like fucking incredible well, i mean yeah sorry that that are set like in the commune or whatever not mm. including the stuff that's like in america or whatever yeah like the the big main meat of the film is like two or three scenes that are set in the nighttime mm. and that's so cool to me yeah yeah totally. um one thing i got to i mean we're on like an hour and four so we might have to like try and be quick but <laughs> one one thing that I wanted to definitely talk about, which I think is the shining aspect of this film, is the cinematography. And I think the cinematography Ooh. and the framing, Arias is just so good at it. Because it's exactly the same oh, in Her- yeah. Her- Hereditary. Like, in Hereditary, it's so nicely framed. But I think the environment that Midsummer's in kind mm. of gives Arias a lot to, like, it provides him with a lot yeah, of tools definitely. to kind of be innovative with it. And I just think it's hard to explain what he does. But it's like when it's like set, oh, I, I don't know, it's just like so blocked. Like it it will be like the, the it's like, you know, the cross with the circles on it that are made of flowers. Yeah. Like yeah. that'll be dead set in the middle. Oh, if it's framed, God, yeah. it'll be dead. Or f- Danny with the fucking like massive flower dress on and with the helmet mm. on. That'll be dead in the middle of the rule of thirds. Yeah, or, you could definitely like yeah. say he's almost the Wes Anderson of yeah, horror. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's how it be. That's how it feels to me. If I could compare yeah. it to a director, it would be like a, like Wes Anderson in terms of how mm-hmm. the shots are composed because it's very like this is in the middle. This building's in the middle. This yeah. is framed like this. You can definitely tell he was a film student. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's definitely. I think. I love the cinematography. I love how it's very much focused on wide shots and like taking in yeah. like it's so spacious in the sort of commune, mm-hmm. but they're still trapped. Yeah. They don't they don't have anywhere to go. They can't leave. And so it's almost it's a weird sense of claustrophobia where they're like, Oh, they have so much to explore, but then, you know, if you leave, you probably will die. Or, you know, there's no cars. Yeah. You walked here. I don't even know where they parked. <laughs> it's just like, mm-hmm. I love the cinematography. And I really love the soundtrack yeah. so much. That just sends shivers down my spine mm-hmm. every time I listen to it. Especially that ending track. My God. The ending oh, track where the, obviously the little yellow triangle house is on fire. Yeah. And, uh, and she just starts smiling. It's like, it's a satisfactory ending. Yeah, that whole, the whole the whole scene definitely made well. me feel quite emotional. I don't know why, but in I was it, just like, yeah. "Oh my god, she she made it." Mm-hmm. It's like the trope in horror where it's like the final girl, where mm-hmm. like you know, yeah, they go through all the murder sequences, the and she's the last yeah. one who survives. Yeah, but it's almost like a different feeling for her because she didn't survive the trauma of you know a murderer coming after her. She survived the trauma of her so, family dying. Yeah. Her boyfriend being an arsehole her friends sort of she didn't she didn't have any friends yeah, she really. had any friends it was like her friends that were egging on the boyfriend to break up with her into like mm. leave her with no support but yeah why would you want support from somebody that doesn't even want to be there with you in the first no. place and that is something that you gotta think about as well i just think it's just a lovely premise and i think it is something that you just really gotta think about about who you 
Route 4, who you think had a good ending, who you think had a bad mm. ending. It's funny, it's a complete upside. Me, me and Amy were thinking of Halloween. I would dress like I would dress up in the fucking bear thing, and then oh Amy, and then Amy would have the full on like flower, flower. frock. That'd be awesome. But also, be people so would be cool. like, "What the fuck are you dressed as?" <laughs> no, like, I, think, this, like, I think honestly, I think it would work. <laughs> I think it would work. I'm trying to think of specific parts that made me feel really like. I mean, a lot of it just made me feel unsettled. I liked how you sometimes you could definitely tell, but sometimes I think that's the point where. You couldn't tell when they were tripping sometimes and when they weren't. And like yes. the, the faces would move and the faces would oh, change, but like that really, weirded me out. really discreetly. Like obviously yeah. there were some parts that like, okay, her eyes are fucking massive. Like it's obvious <laughs> that like this is the perspective of Christian or the cr- perspective of Danny who's tripping the fuck out. But there yeah. were some parts that I couldn't tell whether it was that was actually how they looked and that or mm. if that was how they and I think that's kind of the intention of their perspective on it like they don't know what the yeah. fuck's going on they don't know what's real mm. what isn't real what's going on i mean they're so like out of it that they're not even concerned i think they were like oh two of our mates have went missing <laughs> and then like a few scenes later they just don't give a fuck anymore because they're that like no, under the influence of so out. many yeah so many psychedelics yeah they're just like okay i guess that you know they'll they'll turn up sooner enough but now I'm, like, <laughs> i think the fuck there out. was there was one section when Danny won the sort of May Queen. The May contest. Queen thing, yeah. And then she's like lifted up and then carried around. And then there's like a wide shot and you see all the trees behind them. And obviously her flower dress is like, you can see the flowers are like mm-hmm. almost breathing. Yes. Which is yes, really yeah, strange. Yeah, yeah. And then in the background, in the trees, it's very like, it's only one shot you can see it, but you can see that the trees have moved in a specific way. That it um it creates an image of her sister with the um tube taped to her face. That's mad. I know, yeah, and it's, it's just like yeah. it's like constantly haunting her in a way. Because I got I saw the the flowers breathing thing, and also when they were the part when they were trying to lead Christian to that like weird ass fucking <laughs> naked woman uh, <laughs> area, the girl was like dropping flowers on the floor to like lead mm. him there, and then. When she dropped one flower, there would be like twenty flowers that grow near it, and then I that would like, it, and it would like, and it would like create a path. Because I was oh sawn, I was sawn to like sprinkle the flowers, and I was like, I swear she's not sprinkling that many flowers. And I was watching, <laughs> I was like, oh no, everything's growing around it, and that's just. Oh my god! It was so interesting. We're on like an hour, I... we're on hour and ten. God damn! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, I'm liking it though. Like, I think this is a film that you can't not just talk briefly about. It's yeah. There's so much. There's so many secrets. It. Yeah. I definitely want to watch the director's cut version. I think the director's cut version is apparently it's got like more um D- Danny breakdowns and more Christian being a prick. So oh, uh, love it. In yeah, so I I I don't know, and I think it would kind of present a different perspective on the film as well because literally usually there's director's cuts for films and people are like, oh, it was okay, I guess, or it was just exactly mm. like similar. But this is like the one film that I know film critics that have said watch the director's cut. My mates have said watch the director's cut. Yeah. And it must like be so different and so much better that it's so significant to watch mm-hmm. it. So I definitely want to go out my way to watch the yeah. director's cut. I've heard people say literally like it's a completely different film with mm-hmm. the director's cut. Like he changes it completely with just these few extra scenes. And it just the whole narrative almost shifts into a different mm-hmm. light. I don't know what light because I didn't want to spoil myself because I do want to watch yeah. the director's cut as well. But yeah. 
I, I need to. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Just a lot of it. I think even though it's obviously off-putting at times, I like the aesthetic of it being like the art drawings and all that as well, and that being said, oh obviously, the, obviously the floral foliage. Did like... you did you notice um the opening sort of shot of the art? Did you like? I didn't notice anything different, but I know exactly the one you're on about. Yeah, so it, like the first like shot is just the basically the kind of sort of piece of art that they had a lot in the commune and um it if you if you pause it and you look at it it describes the whole story of the film like it shows at the start no it shows way. um yeah it shows the parents and the sister with like tubes i don't think they're on their faces but it's they're sort of connected by yeah. these tubes and then it shows That's um awesome yeah it shows danny crying to christian then it shows them going to the commune then it shows them doing the dance of the may queen and i think it does i think it shows the burning of well, the I mean, yeah. triangle yeah there's that foreshadowing obviously of when christian's invited to that room and he sits down and he's staring at that bear on fire oh my god and in um uh danny's apartment there's um a painting of a bear and like a girl in the background Ooh. yeah there's just oh, so yeah. many little hidden things yeah. and so 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 detailed yeah. which is like why i love mm-hmm. this film and why i love that album it's like yeah. every single thing is sort of thought yeah. through and it's it's just a pleasure mm-hmm. to just scroll through it yeah. and find all its secrets i think that's a nice thing around it one one thing i'll say last yeah. thing is transition wise it was fucking oh my god that transition when she's crying in the like uh <gasps> flat and then when yeah. she goes to the toilet and she opens the door and then closes the door and then suddenly she's on the Ooh. fucking airplane that yeah. was incredible and i think it was a similar one with josh where he was like reading something and then he was mm. suddenly reading it somewhere else instantly yeah. i think that like really like I love invisible transitions. It's like a really nice way of editing and mm. makes everything feel smooth. And like, I do sit down like, holy shit, that was fucking so cool. But yeah, yeah. That, that's the last thing I'll say about it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about it before we wrap up? Or just that? Uh, check it out. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's just, um, it's a beautiful film. Mm. I don't care if I'm a stereotypical film student with an A24 <laughs> streak. It's, it's amazingly well done. Yeah. I love showing everyone this film because i literally film their reactions when the cliff scene comes in yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah it's definitely it's it's absolutely beautiful and yeah. i love the it takes on mm-hmm. old sort of yeah. styles of horror like the wicker man the original wicker man not the mm-hmm. nicholas cage one i highly <laughs> recommend but then it makes it different it makes it makes horror sort of change and shift and it shows that mm-hmm. you don't have to have jump scares you don't have to be in the dark you can like don't trust anything in yeah. a film you, it will come and get exactly. you exactly i mean it's it's going back to that music thing i find psychological horror reversed music like way more scary for me mm. compared to like jump scares jump scares are scary but they're scary for like three seconds and that's it. But yeah. things that like psychological horror or that reverse music stuff like stays in my mind and it imprints. Oh. And this is there's yeah. some scenes in this film that like are still imprinted into my head. Just first of all, how beautiful they are. But again, just like how they yeah. made me feel as well. Yeah, I'm thinking it. What I'm thinking of doing. This isn't set in stone, and obviously I'm already got an entire thing on with the podcast in general. <laughs> but Obviously, Punch Drunk Love, which I found out about from the podcast, is now one of my favorite films of all time. Oh. And I think I might do a thing where for films that I really, really like, since I'm obviously more film or I mean, I think I really, uh, to be fair, I probably listen to music more than I 
watch films, but I think I can articulate yeah. my thoughts about films more. So I might mm. start doing a thing where I have an extra, you know, bonus episode thing with the Aww. guest on like the film. So for example, I'll probably invite Spring Silver back on to talk about Punch Drunk Love for like an hour yeah. or like half an hour if you really enjoyed that <laughs> film. And then for example, I could just probably we could probably just chat shit about Midsummer and just have it a director's cut version of the podcast Ooh. episode just you know cut that you know oh, there you go there I, you mean, go. <laughs> I, do, I don't know if it's set in stone but it's something i definitely had in mind i have a lot of things in mind for the podcast so or just in general expanding i think i'm thinking of doing video essays when i get the time <sighs> that's so what i want to do i want to do one on like, eva it'd be fucking awesome i would love Ooh. that anyway yeah so i mean we're on like an hour and 15 so we're gonna wrap it up really quickly <laughs> obviously if you want to check um me out and you want to you know stay update on the podcast at happy's uh, at, at happy's down on twitter i also post reviews on letterbox of all the films that i do i'm a little bit behind at the moment because i think what i've decided to do is usually what i do is watch the film record the podcast episode and then once the episode is actually released i then write a review but by the time that comes around i've like fucking forgot what the film was about or forgot my thoughts <laughs> on it so basically i think i'm just gonna say if you follow my letterbox you'll find out what film i talk about on the podcast episodes but you know, I'm sure none of you really, really care about spoiling what we're talking about that much. So, you know, and I mean, I can easily edit the review so you don't know if it's about the podcast episode or not. But basically, yeah. Mm. Um, So obviously got my letterbox account if you want to check out the reviews. Uh, obviously, check out Tyler's stuff. He's obviously a new furry. So, you know, Ooh. be nice, you know, check out his art. <laughs> He's, he's done previous stuff for me, which I fucking love. Like uh, that one you did of a real life depiction of my persona plus me. Yeah. I love that piece. That was awesome. <laughs> Check I out, just love, yeah. I love, I love it. I love playing with sort of yeah. surrealism in a way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely ch check out his stuff. Um, and yeah, please. please <laughs> yeah, I mean, please. Is, is there anything else you want to plug or anything else you want to uh, Oh God. Um, I have an art Instagram. Hang on. I'm actually pulling it up right now. Uh, I believe it's at his Fox art. So please follow yeah. me there. A-T-T-I- C K S, is that right? No, it's at A T T I S F O X Art, and um, yeah, follow me on Twitter at yeah. Queer Fox. This time with a C K. If you watch on YouTube, all the links will be in the description. Yeah, and yeah, that's basically it. Thank you very much, Stick guys, on. and I'll see you next week. Bye.